You are now tuned into The Forward. Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of The Forward. It's your girl Rocky, and I'm here with... Asher Relates. I hate Sean. Stobel. Oh, I was totally supposed to say my at name. Which is Rocky the Great. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> anyway, our first episode, you know, we talked about a lot, but, and you know, there was a lot of commentary on social media so we're just gonna start off the episode with the recap and you know don't all go you know at first but sean should clarify what okay. he has to say first sean made his statement very clear in the first episode so you don't want to like touch on anything tweak um, it fix it up i don't really there's nothing i said what i had to say i said it very clearly i articulated it you know in a way that could be understood um, most of the people who had backlash were just people who were waiting on a chance to dislike me publicly. Uh, some people disagreed where they said that a lot of people agreed with me, but like said I could have worded things differently. Or, you know, I had a couple of women who said that like they agree with what I said, but they said that they're not particularly women who don't hold themselves accountable. And I said that it was wrong of me to make a generalization because generalizations are dangerous and they're the problem I was talking about in the first place. And I apologize and said I was wrong for that because we're able to have like a dialogue as opposed to me being personally attacked. Um, on the other hand, some people said that they wouldn't call it toxic femininity, and I said that I'm not married to the term toxic femininity, but the concept that I was describing is still a thing. So whatever you want to call it, you can call it Timbuktu. It's still a thing, and it's still an issue. Okay. Okay. Well, I still stand by my thing. I just feel like you mislabeled the terms. I agree that some women do not take, um, do not hold each other accountable, but... When we're talking about toxic masculinity, we're not talking about accountability. We're more talking about a system of patriarchy and boys being boys and suppressed emotions and all that stuff. So I thought it was dangerous to correlate the things, but I know what you're saying. I see where you're coming from. I spoke to someone about what you said, too. Um, he told me he sort of sided with you, but he gave me like a clear ex example of toxic femininity. And um, basically, I got to see what you, not what you meant, but like what the phrase means as a whole, if it does exist. Um, it is as damaging as toxic masculinity, but oh, it's not, I okay, it's not, e it, it's yeah. not equal, it's not equal, but yeah, it is toxic, whatever, femininity, whatever concept it is, is damaging. Or it's a thing. It is a thing, but it is really damaging. Okay, so would you say that toxic femininity um, negatively affects women and men as toxic masculinity affects men and women? When you say as, I don't want you to think that I'm comparing them like just now when she said that it's as damaging. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're the same on the same level. I never said that. Okay. But it does exist and it is damaging. Okay, well, I just want to say like I agreed with your point from the first episode but I just felt like that word should have never been used. That, that was all, because I agree with what you're saying, how women act against women, but, but I, feel, I just don't agree with that term. Yeah, I'm just saying used. that. And also I want to say, like, a lot of people were coming at me talking about, oh, why is it toxic to be a man? We're not saying that masculinity in and of itself is toxic, but just how society uses it and the whole boys will be boys and women, are more, women and men are more susceptible to violence against them because of the whole men have to be macho, men have to be aggressive, men have to be the most domineering ones, whatever. So I'm not saying it's bad to be a man, but masculinity can be used for evil. That's what I'm saying. And I understand that. And honestly, the, another thing I wanted to raise, 
is that people were telling me, you know, you can't call it toxic femininity because toxic masculinity is this. Mm -hmm. Do you know the definition of toxic masculinity, blah, blah, blah. Toxic masculinity nor toxic femininity, neither one of those are in Webster's Dictionary. So at the end of the day, whatever concept you're talking about is somebody's opinion at the end of the day. Like, there's no cut and dry, like, definition of this. It's, it's up for interpretation. It's up for how people use it. So you can't really tell me what I should be calling it, honestly. So now that we wrapped everything up and cleared everything up, um, let's talk about our Kelly, Mr. Robert Kelly. Boo. Mr. Bump and Grind. Get that nigga out of here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I feel like almost everyone has seen the docuseries except Sean. But um, I think we all know enough about it to talk about it. So I don't want to take this from like a general standpoint because, I mean, we could go back and forth with conspiracy theories and, you know, facts about the docuseries. But I want to talk about the sexualization of black girls. Because we all know that if R. Kelly was leading this sex ring with a bunch of white girls, he would have been locked up. Been locked up. But black girls are so sexualized from a young age that we don't really have the chance to, I guess, mature into women and be seen as children at first. And like we don't have innocence. We're just born like sexual beings. So what do you think about that, Christelle? I think that's true. Because I, I don't know if about you guys, but have you guys ever had like, I don't want to sound creepy, but like an uncle, like, okay, you ever had a parent tell you to wear certain clothes because mm -hmm. you're going to an uncle's house yep. because you don't, they don't want to see you this way. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a little creepy? Like that you have to protect, protect yourself in front of a, like people who you call family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially like for, for black girls that matured faster in a way, or you probably had a shape when you were younger. Like, it was always like, oh, well, you know, those shorts, you shouldn't wear those because you have a shape. Mm -hmm. Or you should wear, like, something bigger, like, baggier. Is That's, like, weird. Like, you shouldn't have to, pr like, protect your child that way. You should mm -hmm. always protect your children, but it shouldn't always be the focus on how the child looks. It should be more on the family member. Like, yeah, get this sicko out of here. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean... I feel like the, I mean, that goes into like victim blaming as well. Like, you know, when you go out, whatever, a girl is wearing maybe something provocative or like revealing and she gets like unwanted attention, even like sexually harassed. We're like, oh, well, she was asking for it because she was wearing, you know, A, B and C. But I feel like, especially with black girls, we don't have the chance to be innocent. We don't have the chance to be, um, I guess, modest. Because even if we're modest, it would be like, oh, why is this girl so prude? Why this girl acting like, you know, like she got to stick up her ass. Like we don't, it's either we're slutty or we're prude. There's no in between with us. So like, well, sorry, you had something to say. Uh, I don't know. She looked at me, so I just like got ready to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I can't speak on it from experience. I didn't grow up as a black girl. But I mean, definitely. As, you did it? I yeah. could. I'm just kidding. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. But yeah, so I mean, it's definitely like I definitely see that, and that's definitely creepy. And you know, it's you're right. There shouldn't be. I mean, as an older, like you know, an older man. I mean, I'm not even old, but I just can't see how somebody would have to, like, have their niece not dress a certain way because, like, that's weird. Like, it's very weird. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, kids should be able to be kids. Like, their innocence shouldn't be stripped of them before they know why it's being taken away. And you know, so that is a really big problem. So to, just to direct back to the R. Kelly situation, I did also want to speak about how, you know, in the documentary they highlighted 
um, him marrying Leo when she was 15. And he was only, tw- he was tw- not only, but he was 27. <laughs> so that's wild, first of all. But like people around them orchestrated, like they helped, they helped him do it. Word? Yeah, like basically <laughs> people helped him do it. The tour manager mm-hmm. um, got Aaliyah the fake license to even like be able to marry R. Kelly. So I just feel like th- a lot of people knew what was going on, but nobody stood up until now. Like, nobody wants to voice their opinion until now. Then why now? Like, because we all knew he was a nasty man. Like, we all, you know, we would joke about golden showers. I mean, people with the whole rape tape, because it's not even a sex tape, it's a rape tape. Um, people would be looking at that, bootlegging it, all that stuff, whatever. So why is it a problem now? And why wasn't it a problem, I guess, when it was actually, I mean, it's still happening. But when the stuff that was mentioned in the docuseries, why wasn't it a problem then? I mean, it takes it does take a while for people to speak up. So I think, I mean, I don't. I get what you're saying, though. It does take a while for people to like speak up, like victims. You that's what you yeah. mean. But I feel like that's one thing. But we like literally saw seen it happen, like on camera. I I think I mean I don't know. Speaking for the general public, I guess. Because I've never, I never seen that tape. I never seen the tape. I didn't know, I didn't know him and Ali were married at any point. I didn't even realize he was twenty seven. Ali was fifteen. I didn't know. You know, you hear the jokes about you know him peeing or whatever, or you know young girls. Like I heard that he had like a sex cult in his basement or something like that. But when you hear it, it's like okay, this can't be true because he's not in jail. So yeah, if I, I know this, the police must know. You know, so. I just never really thought it was a thing. And then when you see the documentary and it like paints these pictures and it makes it so clear, then everyone sees it. So I think that, you know, bringing it to light, awareness is a huge tool. Um, and it's also scary, like you said, about the... Let's let's keep in mind, I heard that a lot of this is done through contracts and stuff like that and, like, you know, buying people out of their parents, like kids from their parents. R. Kelly can't read or write. <laughs> so for him to be able to... Somebody's doing this for him. He's not, mm-hmm. a, he's not a brilliant man who's orchestrating these things. He That's fast. He cannot read. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just sick. I think another reason why um, it has taken so long to, I guess, have this awareness is the whole concept of black protectionism. So basically, we want to protect like our black man or black artist, celebrity, whatever, because you know the white man's always trying to put us down, and that's just another way for them to put us down. Like just with Bill Cosby, like a lot of people didn't want to believe it. Like, oh, you know, he was America's TV dad. You know, he was such a good role model for black men, but. The character was, it wasn't him. We have to separate the art from the artist. But at the same time, I feel like with certain things, we shouldn't even just be separating the art from the artist. We should just leave both the art and the artist alone. Because if we're still supporting the music, we're still supporting him and giving him money to do whatever he wants to do. And like, let's just, like, for example, because I've been seeing people on social media saying, like, how come y'all didn't cancel Chris Brown, Chris Brown after, you know, the whole incident and stuff? I feel like, you can cancel Chris if you want to, but just if we're if you're gonna compare the situations, R. Kelly in his songs he was talking about his actual crimes, so you can't like be in your right state of mind listening to an R. Kelly song, now that you know what you know and just like still bumping like still bopping your head to it like that's wild that's weird that's nasty he's nasty you're nasty if you I don't care even if you want to step in the name of love I believe I can fly like that. That was all strategic, too. Like, he knew what he was doing when he put out those songs to save face. So I can't even, like, listen to those songs and enjoy them. 
Like it's just wild talking about it. You ruined Space Jam. But <laughs> I know this is I know this is um sort of random, but not really random. But it ties back to what I said last episode. Um, this is how I mean. A lot of people now know how sick R. Kelly was because of that docu series. So with the whole um, black fishing thing, like stuff like that, making documentaries do work for awareness. Mm-hmm. That's true. So that's what I was. That's the point I was trying to say. That's true. Um, also, another thing that was like happening on social media, people were trying to bring up other celebrities, like, like Drake. Like Drake. Uh, there's like a video that was going around of Drake bringing an underage teen on stage, and then you know, he was touching her. And he kissed her. He kissed but her. then after he asked her her age, and she was like 17, like he touched her more and, and kissed her more. So, like, how do you guys feel about? You know stuff like that because we could say, oh, our kid, like that happened then, and we didn't, we weren't aware of that. But now we have people in our generation that are kind of doing the same thing mm-hmm. in a way. I'm not matching it up by yeah. any means, but um, I think that I mean it's it's good when something's brought to light and it sheds light on other things that shouldn't be happening, uh, like the Drake thing. I don't, you know. I tend not to speak on things that I don't really know or can't confirm, but I mean, on the video, it looks pretty clear. Like, he's touching her, he's kissing her, he asks how old she is, she says 17, he touches her, he kisses her again. That's a problem. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you know, to be doing that to anybody on stage, but as a, as a grown man, to be doing that to a 17-year-old girl and on stage, it's like, what are you doing when you're not on stage? Like, yeah. Wait, how old is Drake? In that video, I'm not sure how old he was, he over was 21. but... She was like 24. 24, 25. It it didn't look like it was that long ago. And Drake is like 30 now. Mm -hmm. So when someone's of age, like with the whole Jay-Z and Beyonce thing, Jay-Z technically waited till Beyonce was of age to do anything. Isn't that so weird? It is so weird. He like first seen her when she was like 16. So what were your thoughts while you were waiting until she was... Of age. While that is weird, somewhat, if he waited till she's 18 to do anything, I'm not going to tell him what to do. Some yeah. some people's parents are 14 years older than their, like, their other parents. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, if he, you know, like, and so, I don't I don't know. We, those same people complaining about Jay-Z and Beyonce be tweeting about how they need sugar daddies, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in older generations, you're right, because even, like, with my grandma, like, her husband while well, my grandfather was a lot older than than her so i feel like as times change things change because i mean you know people say we're like the sensitive generation so things that we're sensitive about now we weren't sensitive about then maybe that's the reason why no one cared before but now they care now because of the kind of social climate that we're in now so how do you guys feel about like selective outrage like how we're trying to cancel r kelly and cancel a lot of celebrities but we don't do the same for others that are probably doing or on the track of like doing the same thing. If you guys need an example, I could. What's an? Give me an example. So okay, like. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking, so like selective outrage. So you want to talk about like Chris Brown and well, not our, well first. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I don't want to like compare. Yeah. So like Shaq West and um Chris Brown. Chris Brown beat Rihanna up. Shaq West beat Justine Sky up, whatever. Allegedly. Allegedly. But we know that Chris <laughs> beat Rihanna up, whatever. But we kind of forgave Chris. We're like, okay, whatever. He was young, this and this and that. I mean, not saying that we're canceling Shaq West, but I feel like we're still 
more people are, are more subject to not listen to him just because of the climate that we're in. We're just like, oh, he's an abuser. Stop talking to him. Stop listening to him, all that stuff. But I could say for that example, Chris did come out and he did like, you know, his apology. Mm-hmm. He... Chris, he, Chris was about as canceled as cancel gets. Yeah, he was like that losing sponsorships. Chris was like the OG cancel. That's true. People I remember were, the, the gum commercial, yeah, the forever, and then it just like got cut. It got yeah, cut. Chris so got, I feel like he was canceled, and but he grew. He grew. But the thing with me, sorry, you know, go you ahead. Did. I obviously cut you off. My bad. But <laughs> the thing like with me is that Check West, like if it did happen, we haven't heard anything from him. Like mm-hmm. that's cowardly to me. So I'd rather cancel you. Then cancel somebody who's like stated that they're wrong, mm-hmm. apologize for it, and is ready to move forward. So then, okay, can we say that if R. Kelly just comes out, you know, like, guys, I messed no. up, I'm sorry. I can't no. finish that one. No, okay, so no, why? No. Nope. There's a difference to the canceling, there's a difference to the like offenses. But I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not saying I would accept <laughs> the apology, I, I'm but. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to say I condone what Chris Brown did in any way. I don't mm-hmm. want that to be spun in any way. <laughs> But, <laughs> like, Disclaimer. Di- yeah, to he me, does not think the situation with Chris Brown and Sheck West. Chris Brown and Rihanna were like in an altercation, and Chris went way too far and did something he shouldn't have done in the moment. And then you know he did his time. He said like you know they not did his time in jail, but like you know went through what he went through. Mm-hmm. Apologized. Did he go to jail? Not no. for that though. Not for that. Oh. He went to jail for something else, right? Yeah. Oh. I, well, he he I had his whole image changed, reputation soured, and him and Rihanna are back good. Like they're cool, you know. Um, they made music after that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Sheck West Ain't on the other hand, business. according to what I've heard, I like you said, it's not confirmed or anything, but like he's like a serial abuser of Justine Scott. Like, he didn't hit her once. Like he was like abusing her, like on like. Uh, you know, chronologically, that was the wrong word. Can't find a word I'm looking for. But he he was abusing her like mm-hmm. you know a lot. So and then like you said, he didn't come out and say anything. Like he didn't. So it's just like that's a whole different thing to me. I can't. And but Chris going, Brown, Chris Brown supposedly abused Karuchi too. So what would you say about that? That would be a pattern. But the thing, because I did hear about that, but was it ever like? Cause we, it was all alleged, like it was all rumors. Cause I mean, I saw articles too, and and I know I remember when you like, cause you don't you guys know that like she actually has like a restraining order, order yeah. against him. So I'm I'm guessing it should be something serious. But I know, thought it was from that that was, like viral picture yeah, when he like, picture, like he popped up, up like, on her. I thought that was because of that. Like they mm-hmm. broken up, and he was like Harassing trying her. to get her back, which isn't right. It's not right. But that doesn't make you an abuser. That just makes you like not uh, like a physical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Domestic uh-huh. violence is a really big thing. Like you can't, you know. So I don't know. Plus, I mean, then and, and unfortunately, when you think about selective canceling and things like that, selective outrage, it does come into play who you are. Chris Brown is like an R and B like legend, sensation. Like mm-hmm. my boy is not that good of an album, and that's Shaq West's only project. <laughs> so like we, it's not much to like you know. If I gotta cancel Shaq West, I'm gonna and be I just like. I already wasn't it's listening to your you. album. Yeah. Bro, it's easier to, to get someone out the paint when they're just getting into the, yeah. 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 the court. That's so. true. So also, like, just to close out the whole R. Kelly situation, because there's so much we can say, so much we can do. I just do want to, like, for all of us to just speak about how, you know, sometimes when black men are abused when they're little, it's not talked about. Just like how you said how, like, when you're a female... 
and you're little and your mom's like, oh, no, don't wear that, or your aunt's like, no, put something else on. We protect our girl children more than we protect our male children. Personally, that's how I feel when it comes to stuff like um, physical abuse or molestation when you're um, a kid. I think um, women protect their boys, but men don't protect their boys. Because I was reading, I was reading like a thread yesterday where um, someone was talking about like we, like, okay, I read, no, I read Terry Cruz's article Mm -hmm. about after the whole situation where he got assaulted, black women were protecting him, but black men weren't. So that's the part, that's where toxic masculinity, that's where toxic masculinity (laughs) comes in. And I feel as though with that, um, I agree that we don't talk enough about, you know, black boys being sexualized at a young age, too. Because, I mean, I know a lot of homeboys that they're like, oh, I lost my virginity at 13, 12, whatever, from like an older woman. And that's not right, just like how when older black men take advantage of black girls. But my problem is when we when people bring that up, a lot of times it's to deflect from the situation at hand. So like with R. Kelly, a lot of people were just like, oh, well, what about the black boys that were raped? No one talks about that. Why don't we just make a conversation just like in general, not when we're talking about when black women are being raped, whatever. Like that's just like the same thing when people are just like, oh, you know, black um, police brutality. And then white people are like, what about black on black crime? Like it's this thing. Well, black crime, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> black on black crime is not a thing. But it's the same. It's the same type of deflection. And I don't appreciate that because we could talk. We could have two conversations at the same time. We don't have to talk just about one thing. That's true. I, and like, also, I feel like when black men come out and they do speak about their abuse, we. I'm not. It's like people joke about it more. Like the Terry Crews situation when he did come out, there was like a whole bunch of memes and jokes. And even like in the early 2000s when Raz B said something, like we got him out of here. Like. And I would not be surprised if there's, like, a whole documentary about, like, uh, the early 2000s B2K. Like, all of those stories mm-hmm. that we laughed about, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, documentaries are coming up about out about that situation, too. With the whole um, selective outrage thing, too, Ashley, you made a good point the other day. If R. Kelly died, like, not di- died. He can um, die. <laughs> if he committed suicide from everything everyone mm-hmm. was saying, how would you guys feel about it? Oh, Happy. Sure. I wouldn't really care. I would not care. Do you think people on Twitter would yes, tr- try to would. be sad? They would because they want to be mental health warriors and not saying mental health is the wrong is, is isn't a real thing, whatever. But I feel like people just cat like they hop on to the next topic like fast just so they could be in conversation. But I feel like no one is more so like groupthink now. No one really thinks for themselves, and I'm not saying the whole individual. What did um Connie call it? Free thinking. I'm not trying to go there, but I feel like as a whole, if Twitter goes one way, everyone's gonna go that way, and we're just gonna keep talking about the same thing that everyone just is talking about. I don't like that. Um, as far as what you said with like black boys not being protected the same way like young black girls are, um, it's true, but there's a reason for. I mean. There's not as much to protect young black boys from. But there is. There, I, there, there is. There, there, I mean, like, okay, so while, like, you guys can't wear certain shorts, mm-hmm. like, it's not, like, there's not many things, there's not many ways you can't dress your black son, like, and there's not as, you know, as somebody, okay, I have a little brother, and I, like, I think about it in terms of, there's a lot of things I'd have to worry about if I had a younger sister mm-hmm. that I don't worry about with my younger brother. Not to say that things don't happen. Like, I I know that things happen on the other... But it's way less prevalent. Like, it's not as much of an issue. 
So, but then there's what, like, so I don't like that people also try to deflect from the conversation because that's not, we shouldn't be talking about that because now they're talking about young black girls. So, oh, let's bring in young black boys. I didn't care about young black boys last week. Exactly. So, don't try to care about it. Like, don't, don't care about it now to draw attention away from something else that needs to be spoken about. I fully agree with that. But it is an issue. And I feel like, and I also don't like the fact that people act like when you bring up one issue, because, like, there's, there are people who deflect, but then there's people who say, oh, if you bring it up at all, like, even if you bring up young black boys two weeks ago, oh, well, now you're saying that young black girls aren't important. Like, no, mm-hmm. there's two separate issues. They're both important. Like, so, you know, that's my... Just and just sense. to close, did everybody get their fair share? Yeah. I just want to say, stop comparing... <laughs> R. Kelly to Harvey Weinstein and him being white, there's enough room in jail for all them niggas. For all so the rapists. Bill all Cosby can stay there. R. Kelly can join them. Weinstein Your can join them. Your creepy uncle could join them. That nigga could go to all of them. <laughs> anyway, we want to move on to the next topic, and that's about millennial burnout. So, Miss Ashley relates. Add some, like, sparkles here. Like, some sparkles. Girl, I'm not that good at editing. Okay, so, um, basically, millennial burnout... Um, Christelle sent me an article from BuzzFeed that I, I forgot what it was, it was titled, but something about um, why we are the burnout, why millennials are the burnout generation. Even though you two are Gen Z, you guys could still come we in still, the conversation. We still, we still feel your struggles. Barely. Okay, so basically, um, you know, social media is huge right now. We literally live vicariously through people's lives on social media, especially Instagram. So we see people living their best life, traveling all over the place, you know, never not working, um, doing all this stuff. But we kind of stress ourselves out because we're trying to attain what we see on social media. And sometimes social media is not, not even sometimes, most of the time, social media is just, you know, staged. It's not like a real, yeah, it's not real life. And we kind of romanticize the idea of like working all the time. But when we actually get to do the work, we're scared, (laughs) we're overwhelmed, we're stressed, we have anxiety. Why do you feel that that is the way it is? Don't all talk at once. I feel like I don't want to always go first. Yeah, so I was letting <laughs> others speak. Why do we... Why do you think that we always get burned out so easily when we're trying to do maybe even like the simplest task of like, you know, calling your doctor to set up an appointment? Honestly, I think like we see adulthood as a list of to-do things, like the article said, mm-hmm. says, because basically we, we plan our day. We don't... We're not like, we weren't like our parents. We're like more, um, how would I say? We're more, we plan stuff. Our parents, they plan stuff as well, but they work, like they actually understood the value of hard work. Us, we think, okay, if we do this, if we do that, we'll get to success. Our parents, they worked hard, not all of them reached success. So all of us feel like just because we're doing the work means we should get the trophy. Mm-hmm participation trophies and we're spoiled so i feel like um as we were saying before a lot of times with our parents like they wanted to give us a better life than we had so we're kind of like i guess disenchanted by what work is like you said it's a to-do list whatever we think you have to do a b and c and then we're done for the day and that's it but work never stops like and it's not always like i have to do this by this time at this place with these people like there's different there's no set rules to success there's no set um, what's the word, like playbook or guidelines to success. We just have to work hard. And I feel like we kind of try to make shortcuts 
And we try to be like, okay, well, if you just do this, if you get to this amount of followers, whatever, we'll do this. But the work never stops and the work is not fun. A lot of times you say, oh, yeah, I know, whenever we're not working, it's so much fun. We're working, we're branding, we're this, we're that. But it's it's not as easy as people think it is as because we could Google, oh, how to be a social media influencer. People will literally just see an article, read those five things, like, okay, I got it, and that's it. But there's so much more work that we could do. And I tell Christelle all this time. I tell Christelle all this all the time. Wow. I tell Christelle this all the time. (laughs) We are not nearly doing as much as we can or we should. The minimum. Like the bare minimum. And we get mad because we're not seeing results, but we're not working. But the thing is, even if we are working hard enough, um, doesn't mean we're entitled to that success. Mm -hmm. Not everyone gets success. Because if everyone worked hard enough, then everyone would be rich. Everyone would have what they want. But it takes a special... I wouldn't say type of person, but I would say not. it's just not meant for everyone. And let's also talk about um, the verge of you know wanting to be an entrepreneur and everyone wants to be their own person and their, their own boss, whatever. Not everyone could be an entrepreneur. Not everyone could be a freelancer. Not everyone's going to be an influencer. Like, it's okay to have a nine-to-five in an office. It's okay to, I don't know, just do things that aren't cool right now or popular, and we need to stop wanting to do stuff just because it's cool and do stuff that we actually want to do. Just like to bring it back to what you were saying about the Instagram and what we see and how like people are taking trips and just, you know, I just feel like me looking at somebody else's feed and like you shouldn't compare your life to theirs because it's not, it's like not hard to hop on a plane, like get, get a passport, Google flights show you the whole month. (laughs) Look up the cheapest, the cheap, no, honestly, look up the cheapest flight. You go where you want to go. You take a picture. I feel like half the time when people are taking these trips, they're not even enjoying themselves. They're like going, oh, damn, this is a cute background. Let me flick up real quick, post it on the gram. Like, I feel like it's more for the gram than it is for, like, people, like, people aren't really enjoying it. So when you see something on the, on like Instagram or Twitter and you feel like you're trying to match up your life to that, I just feel like that's just the, wrong thing to do yeah i don't i agree like in terms of that it really doesn't make sense to do um because at the end of the day on instagram especially people show the highlights you know like you get to see what they want to show you i mean speak even on my instagram like you know i have pictures of me in different countries i am not living that life my parents went on vacation and they took me with them. Like I <laughs> weird flex, know, but okay. I, not even. <laughs> I, I I don't post it. I'm not gonna get on there and post a picture of my gaslight on Instagram. Like so. I feel you. Nobody shows what they nobody don't. Nobody's showing. So if you look, if somebody could look at my Instagram and be thinking, "Oh, I'm not doing the right thing. I'm not doing any. Like I'm not doing it. I'm not there." So don't stress yourself out trying to be where somebody is when they're not there either. Like nobody, you know. And so and then there's people who project an image and want to show you like they're doing something that they're not doing. So you really can't, you know, and, and, and it happens to me too. Sometimes I look at where I should be or like, you know, where I'm not and I'm not, I focus on what I'm not doing as opposed to what I am doing. And I feel like that's a big part of what leads to our burnout. Like a lot of us focus on what we're not doing. We settle ourselves short, you know, and then like in terms of like what you said about our parents and how we don't, we're not as traditional as they were. Like we do different things. Like, and I feel like my parents are starting to understand that. Cause I'll be exhausted. Like I, you know, the two podcasts and I host a grip the mic and then I was coaching high school basketball. Like, so I used to be busy all the time and like not even understand why, 
and that just gets exhausting and it just feels like it's it's overwhelming almost like on a daily basis and it's just like oh what is like what do I have to deal with now and like something pops up and it's like oh I gotta you know so I just feel like a lot of times we get lost in that and lost in the shuffle and that combined with the fact that we're you know holding ourselves to the standard of a bunch of people we don't know is just not healthy so, you know, we're going to stay on you because it's time to shake the table with Sean. <laughs> okay. So, uh, last shake the table got me in a lot of trouble. Everybody prepare yourself. <laughs> a quick little stretch. <laughs> For this shake the table. I mean, it's not something that should really be controversial, but hey. Um, women need to stop talking to men that don't like them and blaming men for it. Say it again. Women need to stop talking to men that don't like them <laughs> and blaming men for it. And you mean like, uh, and also stop blaming men? Like, blaming stop men blaming for men for the fact that you're talking to men that don't like you. Okay. Oh, I see. Or okay. as in like, if something goes wrong in that situation relationship, we're blaming them? Not, Not blaming, even. You're like, blaming the next man. for. All right. So I've had female friends that, you know, they'll be talking to a guy or whatever and they'll tell me stories. And, like, I'll be listening. And as a man, I'm like, yo, he doesn't like you. Like, the way that he... He doesn't like you. He's not interested in you as a person. Like, he doesn't like you. And they want to, like, have hope for the situation. And they keep going. They keep going. And four months later, they tell me I was right. They're like, oh, yeah, you're right. He didn't like me. Blah, blah, blah. Then I see them on Twitter. All men are trash. And you just gave this... And then they back talking to the same dude next week. And it's like, you keep trying to see. You are digging through the trash. And... Like, you know, you're in the dumpster, you're digging through the trash and scrounging, and then you're mad at everyone else for the fact that you're picking up trash out of the trash can. Mm -hmm. Like, get out of the trash can and go somewhere <laughs> else. Like, I don't know. Did anybody have any rebuttal? Okay. You're, you said women need to stop talking to men that don't like them. Mm -hmm. Women should not also feel the need to talk to men just because they like them either. I, Leave me alone. I didn't say they should. No, but the thing is, a lot of people expect us to just settle. And I get what you're saying um, about us talking to guys that don't like us. But a lot of guys, ex a lot of people expect us to talk to guys just because, because they like, like us as well. It's not like, a rebuttal, okay, like, but it's just yeah, like, a, like how you like how you're saying get out the trash and go to the guy that likes me, basically. Get, like there's still another hurdle we have to jump. Like we have to actually like that person. Not too. even necessarily go to the guy that likes you. Just like, all right. So if I'm dealing with a girl, right, and I'm dealing with a girl who doesn't like me, and I'm putting all this energy into a girl who doesn't like me, and this is a negative situation, I am not open to any positive situations that are coming on because I'm so focused on this. Mm -hmm. So I can't blame whatever's going on out here because things aren't going right right here. So if I get out of this, not that I'm running to another situation, mm -hmm. but I can just be by myself or anything and be open to whatever comes to me. And if I find something I like that makes sense and connects with me, then I can focus my energy on that. But a lot of times women will focus their energy on a dude who clearly isn't interested in them or like clearly mistreats them or things like that. Okay. Um, I'm not saying I don't know when a guy doesn't like me, but for the ladies that don't know, can you tell us? what exactly shows that a guy does not like you? Because sometimes they be playing games. Sometimes, you know... So, yeah, what to look for? What do we need to, like... What's the red flags that we need to focus on? 
Um, Not just focus on actually adhere to because a lot of times as women we do ignore, ignore the red, red flags. flags. Ignore, ignore, ignore. Okay. Um, Calm down. If you can't speak to him on a consistent basis, and not just like oh talk to him all day, but like if he doesn't, if he doesn't seem like he wants to talk to you, he doesn't like you. Like if he likes you, he's gonna want to talk to you. If you can't be seen, not even I don't want to say seen in public, like somebody needs to show you off. Mm-hmm. But like if you're being hidden, they probably don't like you. So you mean like if I pull out my Snapchat camera and he duck it behind <laughs> it. That's the that's a sign. It's a sign. But also, you know, some people like you know, if they're not in a relationship or whatever, like and this like confirmed or whatever, then they don't want to be like you know, so I'm not saying Hold they gotta with be people. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So that's a, mm-hmm. that's not, you know, that's not a telltale sign automatically. But just um I don't wanna say you can feel it. But if you have to, like, if you're telling your friends all the time, oh, I don't understand why, the answer to I don't understand why normally is he doesn't like you. Anytime you're saying I don't understand why, he probably doesn't like you. He's just not that into you. I was just about to say that. (laughs) Now we're going to close out the episode and do a quick little wrap-up. I'll go first just to, you know, end the episode off light. And keep it short and sweet. I just want to say R. Kelly is a nasty ass nigga and we gotta get him out of here. There is enough room to put all those, all of them under the jail. I don't care what past he had, what background, who touched him, because all his brothers were touched and they not out here peeing on girls and locking girls up and all of that. So we gotta get him out of here. And none of y'all niggas need to step in the name of love. Next. <sighs> I concur. <laughs> and also, I think that um, when we talk about black men um, being sexualized and molested as a young kid, I feel like we also need to talk about how sex is kind of described as like a man versus woman thing. It's more like a power thing. So I feel like a reason why we don't, um, I guess, talk about black men being sexualized or molested, or whatever, is because, you know, that's what a man's supposed to do. Man's supposed to have sex. Man's supposed to conquer whatever. So not excusing it, just giving a reason to it. And yeah, F. R. Kelly. And yeah, I think that's that it. Um, I'm gonna triple down on the F. R. Kelly sentiment. Um, <laughs> and abusers are terrible, but selective outrage is an even bigger issue. Well, not bigger. Never mind. But selective outrage is terrible. Whoa. Pull that back. Let's reel that back in. And I just want to say that I agree with everyone. And I think we should all stop looking at people's Instagram and comparing our lives, like Rocky said, because people be lying. (laughs) (laughs) People be... People be li- no, nah, people be lying. People live for the gram. So they stop be big li- capping. Yeah. Anyway. Please end the episode. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. you guys for watching the second episode. <laughs> Girl, thank you guys for watching the second episode. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.